gentlemen, start your engines. We decided to wind up our trip to the West Coast at an influential technology conference in Long Beach, California. Uh, the Power Trip Energy Series ends at the TED Conference here in Long Beach. TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And it began a quarter century ago as a kind of get-away-from-it-all retreat for the tragically hip and brilliant and often very rich. But TED has become literally a marketplace for ideas focused on urgent global problems. So I spoke with venture capitalist and TED presenter Vinod Khosla, the founder of Khosla Ventures. Since he's a leading financier in the clean energy sector, he knows firsthand the magical, sometimes random way that new technologies are born. Two ways. One, somebody has a completely wild idea out of the blue. And, and other times... People have just been working on a problem and gotten in a rut, and somebody comes up with a new way to solve an old problem. As a venture capitalist, do you have a preference, the wild idea or the person in a rut? You know, both are interesting as a venture capitalist. As a person, to me, the wild idea is always more fun. It's more crazy. It's more wild. It's more exciting. Do you want to talk about a few examples? Uh, of people out in left field who could be yeah. worth billions in the future? No, I'm not interested in that at all. Please. <laughs> a Stanford professor came to me, and he had been working on bone cements. If you have orthopedic surgery, you have to have cement that sets relatively quickly. Normally, when you build a building, cement takes 30 days to get to 15,000 PSI of strength. He came to me, and he said he can take carbon dioxide and turn it into cement, into cement, into a building material. So we take this exhaust and turn it into cement, calcium carbonate. Now, we know calcium carbonate is a building material. Limestone is calcium carbonate. It made so much sense to me. And even though we didn't know how much it would cost or how it would work, it took, like, less than 45 minutes, and I said, We'll fund this. Let's get going today. Let's not waste an extra day. Now, that's a crazy idea. Let me give you another really crazy idea. A couple of people called me, an old Exxon engineer from Amsterdam. He was doing some crazy stuff. He said, all this cellulosic ethanol stuff you're working on, we know, is not such a good idea. Cellulosic ethanol. That's ethanol from, say, sugar cane, not from corn. I'm sorry. Cellulosic ethanol is ethanol from biomass, things like stocks and non-food crops. So not sugarcane, not corn. And we've been working on that, and that looks pretty promising. But this guy said, you're doing the wrong thing. You should use the same wood waste and convert it into crude oil, not ethanol. I said, tell me more. And he says, well, all crude oil comes from wood waste from biomass. It just takes a few million years. I think I can reduce a few million years to a few minutes. I said, oh, wow, tell me more. And he described, brought this little vial out in which he put some dark-looking liquid. He said, I produce this in minutes, and it's just like crude oil. And he went on to explain some of his ideas. As crazy as they were, it made so much sense. And it's very simple chemistry. You know, we say hydrocarbon oil is hydrocarbons, which is hydrogen and carbon. Well, biomass is hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen. He says, I just take the oxygen out, and I'm left with hydrocarbons. It's, it's elegantly simple conceptually, a little hard technically. And it didn't take us long to fund him, and he's off working. 
In fact, using old refinery equipment to turn wood chips into bio, into crude oil that can go into an existing refinery, that can go into existing cars and jet engines and diesel trucks. Those are wild ideas. And yet working together, those two wild ideas complement each other because maybe it's not the best idea to make lots more crude oil and burn it uh, with the carbon problem that we have, but coupled with the calcium carbonate building material idea where you could take the waste from the new oil and make building materials, suddenly you've got a symbiotic loop going here that could actually have an impact. Absolutely. These technologies can work together. I like to simplify the climate problem. I say there's only four problems, coal, oil, cement, and steel. If we solve those four, we're done. We don't have to worry about waiting for other things. Most of the things we talk about are sort of silly. You know, Shell Cole likes to say use one sheet of toilet paper instead of two. Well, most people in the world don't even use toilet paper. It's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference is go after the bulk of the carbon emissions. More than 75% of them come from these four things. If we can solve those four, we are done. If we don't solve those four, we can do everything else and we won't be done. Is it going to happen quick enough? Can it happen quick enough? Yes and no. Yes in the technology part. In the next three years or five years, will we have the technologies to solve our carbon emissions problem from coal power plants or be able to replace oil, fossil oil, with a renewable oil? Yes. And we will have the technologies to do it, not only do it, but do it economically enough where people could adopt it. Then we have a harder problem, the political will. Will we institute a carbon price? Will we force people to change? There's lots of embedded interests. What role will they play in the politics? That's a harder question to answer. I can't tell you we will. I'm hopeful we will. Is there science to answering that political question? I don't think so. It's political science, which is not science, of course. (laughs) Thank you very, very much. It's been great talking to you. Spinod Kosala, founder of Kosala Ventures, a venture capital firm that's playing a leading role in financing some wild ideas that may help transform the energy sector. You know, at the TED conference, Adora, there's all kinds of this can-do attitude. Here's Ray Anderson, the founder of Interface Incorporated, the world's largest manufacturer of modular carpet. One time, somebody told him he couldn't do something. This was his response. DuPont told us a long time ago when they were you know, they were the inventors of nylon, and they told us you won't be, it's not possible, you won't be able to recycle nylon economically. Well, we are in fact doing it today. There's a lot of that same kind of optimism kicking around here, and and you know it, it makes you feel good, but there's still the problems are pretty daunting. But it's good to know that there's some really big brains working on it. And the biggest brains maybe need to be in the political sector. These guys talk very much about how much the political will is really going to be the key. And uh, that's why we're asking all of you, what is it that really annoys you about energy waste? And how could you mobilize your own energy to change things? And your response? People go out and build 10, 12,000 square foot homes and two people live in it. If they want to build 12,000 square feet, fine. But two people only need 800 square feet living space. No more McMansions. Tell us your environmental annoyance and what you would do to change it. 877-8MY-TAKE or mytake at thetakeaway.org.
I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.